Welcome to the Song Topsy Report, episode number one. I'm your host, Nick Brigadier. And I'm Mike Russell. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us. We have some very fun stuff in store for you. Absolutely, and it's such a pleasure to have you on as Nick and I go on this journey discovering the deep, dark depths of this terrible music. Yeah, so it's not like garden variety Billboard 100 bad music. Because uh, Nick hates pop music. <laughs> like I said, I, I am an out-of-touch old man. But no, the, the music that we're interested in is the special kind of bad music. It's the kind of music where the lyrics are so inane or the musicians are so clinically insane. Uh, just, just, just beyond the normal realm of what you would normally consider bad music. Like the super bizarre gems where you yeah. listen to a song and you're like, that was so awful like, what was going on in their minds what is this person's life like that made them write this song <laughs> exactly so nick and i are here we're gonna dissect we're gonna get in piece by piece and uh yeah get in their minds and find out what they were thinking why the song came to an existence in our personal opinions uh what the meaning of the songs are and uh how it died yes because all these songs were dead on arrival before they even got to us but we want to figure out we want to retrace the steps about how this music died. Almost do like a, like an autopsy, but, but maybe something not quite like that. Maybe more like a, uh, I don't know, a songtopsy. Song what a remarkably unrehearsed moment, that's, Mike. That's improv, folks. That's how we do it here. <laughs> yes, that's how it's done. Uh, actually, speaking of improv, uh, so Mike Russell and myself, we are two comedians in New York City. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But we go back to college. We go back a little ways. That's the days of you, eh? You know. <sighs> He hates it. He does. He hates I it. I say it so enthusiastically, but then I die a little bit on the inside whenever we do our old alma mater chant. Yeah, that's where we uh, we met in the sketchy characters. The... Yes, wildly inappropriate since 2004. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, we did comedy together in college and then re-met in New York City. And uh, we kind of just rediscovered, I would say, that we had this appreciation for this kind of music and that it needs to be brought to light because there's so many, you know, VH1 behind the musics and MTV Cribs and Netflix documentaries, like on all of the greats in music. But, but the bad music, you know, it's not getting that focus. It doesn't. It does, and I think it's worthy of attention. These are still artists who put their heart and soul into something that just wasn't good. The people need to know they do about this music, and know that it's real. It exists, and that people were listening to it. Yes, people were listening to it. In fact, the uh, the first song we have lined up, a lot of people were listening to. Oh, everybody. Way back in the, what, 1999, 2000? Yep. So that that song is by a band called Crazy Town. Uh, if you're of a certain generation, you probably know that name. And if you don't know that name, you know the name of their one hit song, Butterfly. Uh, it goes a little something like this. Come my lady, come come my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come my lady, come come my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. This paper bitch, you got me sprung with your tongue ring. And I ain't gonna lie, cause your loving gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing that I won't try. Butterflies in her eyes and her looks to kill. Time is passing, I'm asking, could this be real? Cause I can't sleep. 
Mike, I don't know about you, but this takes me back to me specifically uh, about third grade on the bus listening to the radio about every other bus ride. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I was a few years older than you. Well, I'm about three years older than you, so. Well, that, you're almost middle age, thirty, that, right? We're twenty-eight and a half. <laughs> Twenty-nine, so ways away. I'm just not counting it yet. Uh, but I, you know, I, like five hundred years ago, that would have been like old age, and you probably would have been dead by now. And I would have been married at fourteen. <laughs> oh my god! For a dowry. So please get rid of her. Yeah, we got a cow, goats, and, even. <laughs> and nothing's changed. Uh, all right, so a little bit about this band. We want to give you a little bit of an overview of who these guys were before we get into thoroughly dissecting this masterpiece of a song. Uh, so Crazy Town. Crazy Town is a band formed by Brett Mazur and Seth Binzer, a.k.a. Epic and Shifty Shellshock, in 1995 in Southern Shifty California. Shifty Shellshock. Shifty Shellshock. That's like a World War II veteran who was like a little suspicious all the time. <laughs> yeah, he experienced some trauma, but I don't know. There's just something about him I don't trust. That Shifty Shellshock. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all I could think of was like this. This guy played a little too much Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, yes. Uh, he he got shell shocked. Uh, shell shock. That's what they would scream, you know, when you die in the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shell. I thought you said that's what they died like. Like that's what they would say when you died, like at the end of the war. At the. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of insensitive soldiers. Oh, oh, I'm going down, Pete. Shell shocked. <laughs> He's a. God bless him. <laughs> Yeah, not only do you do you shit yourself when you die, but if you die in war, you scream out. Shell Uh War is hell, and I think that's what Shifty Shellshock, aka Seth Binzer, was trying to get at. Anyway, these guys were also were originally known as the Brimstone Sluggers. That was their band name. Uh, they met, I think, through some mutual acquaintance. They started uh, recording some music together, putting some beats together. Um, and then eventually they got to the point where they started writing their own music uh, under the name Brimstone Sluggers. Now, so, so Nick, yeah. uh, yes. I mean, these guys, they play a lot of baseball? I don't think so. I, I looked up their bios and there was no information on baseball. But they were the Brimstone Sluggers. You know, it, gets, it makes me wonder if they use it baseball bats for other reasons or if, uh, I don't know, why, why be called the Sluggers, man? I, I I think the brimstone part is the most interesting. Um, it's I, I could almost feel like I could be sitting at a sermon, hearing like a like a very enthusiastic Baptist minister say like, "Your soul is a baseball, and Satan is the brimstone slugger." <laughs> oh my god! I have some family from Mississippi who've probably heard similar sermons. I don't Satan think I, is the brimstone slugger. I mean, I think I, that... I, I would I would go to church so much so much more often if that was what every sermon. I mean, was just like. playing a map game of of Satan over various sporting positions, I think is great. Yes, it's like... <laughs> Beelzebub is shortstop, and Satan is the brimstone yeah. slugger. Uh, so while while these two were writing music, they also spent some time in rehab. So 
Oh, that's a that's a that's a great foot out of the gate right there. Yeah, we're really starting off on the right foot. But I mean, you know, I mean, uh, far be it from us to criticize anyone in rehab. I mean, obviously, the fact that they went to rehab, I think, is admirable. But when it comes to music career. Uh, the, as you will see later on, it wasn't really starting off on the right foot. But they started. But they went to rehab. But because they wanted, they wanted to come out clean, man. Yes, yes. They want. They wanted. To, they wanted to be the change that they wanted to see in the world. But what they did while they were both in rehab, they started writing letters to each other, hmm. uh, and this eventually formed the idea to start a band called Crazy Town. Because they were in clinics, right? <laughs> yes. You know, I actually did not bother to research where the name Crazy Town came I, from, but no, maybe that's how they saw their situation. You don't need to read anything, Nick. People are sending letters to each other from clinics. Ah, it's Crazy Town. Hey, <laughs> I popped. Brett, into, Brett, I, uh, I was in a clinic for one day. It's all right. I was. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. We don't need to talk about it, but <laughs> but we will later at some point, and maybe another episode. But so are you saying like Brett opens a letter from Seth and just like ba ba da ba da ba da ba da ba, and then he writes back, you know what? I got this great idea for a band called Crazy Town, and then he le- mails him a letter back like, okay, that sounds like a great idea. And with that, I don't think I don't know if that's how it actually started, but that is what we are saying. Oh, I think that should be that is. We're making a, a true statement. That's exactly how yes. it happened. Yes, we are making up a true statement. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the idea for Crazy Town is a hip-hop band featuring full instrumental lineup to complement the rapping vocalists. So two rapping vocalists. You got Mr. Epic, and you got Mr. Shifty Shellshock rapping, and then you got a band behind them. Now, this was around... They formed in 1995. That was Brimstone Sluggers. And, their first, and then they formed Crazy Town. First album comes out in 1999. And now it is this first album that spawns the hit song, Butterfly. Butterfly. Which we just played a little bit of earlier. Mm. Now, we're going to play a little bit more of it right now. But uh, it's so fascinating because we... uh, I checked Spotify the first... uh, When I was kind of first researching the song. Mm. And Butterfly has been streamed 52 million times. Wow. Wow. Yes, 52 million times. Quite a, quite a bunch yeah, of clicks yeah. there. Qu- a respectable a, amount. A very respectable amount of listens. Their next most popular song was streamed uh, 588,000 times. So nearly all, just a little bit over 1% I th- of their top I think. Hit. I can't quite crunch the numbers. But yeah, a little bit over 1%. They re- so it's actually interesting. They released this album, 1999. They released two singles from this album. They don't really get much traction. It's just, you know, rap, rock, distorted guitars, tough guy rapping. But then the third single is Butterfly. Mm. And that blows the door open for them. This chorus has been embedded into my subconscious. Yeah. It's like, it's locked in. And... But he's really encouraging this orgasm on this woman. I, I, it's like, I think that's what the song is about. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, so is it about an orgasm? Well, I mean, in the biography I read for them, they said their hit song is called "Butterfly," quote, an ode to attractive women. 
but not to all just just attractive women i know yeah it's <laughs> i wonder what their sliding scale was though because like which women would realize they were being complimented you know it's all about shifty shell shocks of preference. There is no song in any genre. There's no song in R&B, in rap, in metal. In, in any, there's no song in any genre that's about women who are just amazing, decent people to their core, who dedicate themselves to causes that they're passionate about, and who live their best life. It's always for, for the pretty ladies out there. Based on what, uh, I guess, the vocalists think is attractive. Uh, an ode to, to pretty yes, an ladies. Ode to, an ode to pretty ladies. Now, keep in mind, all of uh, Crazy Town's songs are, to a certain degree, either about women or about their um, their time in rehab or about the you know tough life in Southern California. But in terms of like instrumentally, this is the only song that sounds. It's the only song people know by the band, but it's the only song that sounds the way it does. Every other song Crazy Town wrote sounds entirely different. Right. I won't go into details, but just to give you. A slight sampling of it. These are all just brief little song clips from the same album that Butterfly was released on. Like, this song is called Toxic. I still got the rap portion, but it's grungy. It's it just doesn't. Uh, this is dark side. But what were you gonna say? Oh, it's just to say, not quite as that you know light-hearted, arousing butterfly. Yeah, not the kind of groovy, funky little thing going on. All right, now this one, and this is dark side. So what I think happened was a lot of people hear the song Butterfly on the radio. They buy the album that the song is featured on and then are immediately accosted with a series of songs that don't sound anything like it. Uh, I could sound top to this whole song right now. Uh, Robot Voices killed this. (laughs) It is a universal fact that Robot Voices make everything better. Oh, man. I heard Ballsy Badass. Ball, I'm a Ballsy Badass. I'm throwing my forces. I'm a background. All right, so you get the idea. That is what the majority of Crazy Town's debut album and subsequent albums uh, sound like. You know, I think really, I think they set expectations, Nick, you know? Well, they lied to the public. They put out this butterfly song, made you think, oh, this is the kind of music I'm going to get. And, you know, it's a bait and switch. Well, now, to me, the, like, the kind of most memorable part is that little guitar with that... As soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, my God, Butterfly's about to play. Now, Mike, I'm going to tell you something. and You're sitting down, so I think you're okay. But uh, what if I told you that that part, a.k.a. the most memorable part of the song, was mm-hmm. not actually written by the band Crazy Town? Nick, I'd, that'd be a crime against music. All right, so we're a little bit... Don't, into, don't. Mike, I'm sorry. I have to shake your world right like you're now. You're shaking I, me up. I, I, hate, I hate to do this. Uh, so there's another band, uh, a little lesser known. Maybe you've heard of them, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, I love that band. Yeah. You've heard of them. I no have. Kidding. Oh, I know. Who would have thunk? The Red Hot Chili Peppers have been a band since about 1984, I think is when their first album came out. Oh, shit. Now, in 1989, they released their fourth album called uh, Mother's Milk. 
And on that album, they have this one little song. The song is literally just just called Pretty Little Ditty. Now, Pretty Little Ditty is just a little instrumental, just random. It's just a nice little kind of acoustic, stoner, rocky sort of song. Right, right. So I'm starting about 46 seconds into it. Now, Mike, I just want you to listen very carefully and let me know if this song sounds familiar. Hang on one sec. <laughs> I am not shitting you. Dude. My lady, come, come, my lady. You're, you're my butterfly. butterfly. Sugar, baby. baby. Come, my lady. You're my pretty lady. I'll make you like you. Go crazy. Uh, that. Okay, now that little bit. Mike, did that sound familiar at all? Oh, oh, I, I don't know. I just started sending did, did a, it. Did it sound? Did it sound? Oh, I don't know. Anything like this? Unflippin' believable. This makes me just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers a little bit more. Well, so, now here's the thing. Before before you get all up in arms, um, the band Crazy Town legally did all this. They legally sampled this section from a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are completely aware that they did it. They did it all on the up and up. So... Legally, there's nothing wrong with it. So out of those 52 million Spotify views, Red Hot Chili Peppers is getting a little cut of that. I think they are getting a little bit of a cut of it. Now, I had to try to... I, I tried to do a little bit of hunting. When I first heard this, I'm like, okay, is this, does this really happen? What is the background to it? Details are a little rusty, but... There's a book about the Red Hot Chili Peppers called uh, Give It Away, The Stories Behind Every Song. It covers the background of every single song the Red Hot Chili Peppers had done up until that point. And uh, for the song Pretty Little Ditty... Uh, the quote from it doesn't say. I wasn't able to find the exact. I wasn't able to get my hands on the book, but I was able to pull a quote from the book. And the quote from it was it was either epic or oh my god, what was his name again? Uh, Shifty Shellshock. It was from one of them, and the quote was. Uh, I was listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Mother's Milk, and a song called Pretty Little Ditty was on it. One part in particular hit me as being what the song Butterfly needed. So I chopped a sample up, put some new drums on it, put a new track to it, we laid down the vocals, and that was Butterfly. Wow. Now, all right, I guess being inspired by another band and recognizing, hey, because would you agree Butterfly was more popular than Pretty Little Ditty? I would agree with that, but here's the other thing I kind of want to lay out. Now, he says that uh, the th- Butterfly was missing one thing. It was missing that little riff. Now, other than that cool little riff, there's like no other instrumental part to the song. It's just a drum beat and a basic bass beat. Literally, the only memorable part of the song Butterfly was written by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Furthermore, the thing that strikes me as, like, if I was one of the musicians oh would, fe- would make me feel so, like, insecure is the only song that the band is known for, the most memorable part of that song, was written by someone else. How would that make you feel? Ugh. Like, literally, you put your effort into all this other music, these other songs that you write for the album, but it's the thing that you sampled from the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> that ends up becoming the most popular song. You know, it's just... It's just some sort of karma there, Nick. I mean, really. You know, you can't rely on someone else's band to do the catchy stuff for you. 
I'll give them this though. Yes. The what chorus, would you give them? the chorus is stuck in your brain. Yeah, there's a yeah, the whole come my lady, come come, come, come my lady. lady, you're my butterfly, it works, sugar, baby. It but, works well in conjunction with it. I will I will give the band that credit. That does stick in your brain, but then you also wonder, you're like <laughs> How much how much effort went into Come my lady, come come my lady. Yeah, because they're not singing it. These are like the, the Sugar Baby. Yeah, Sugar Baby. The Wait, so is she the butterfly or is she a sugar baby or is she both? Is he just calling a bunch of pet names? Um, I don't know about you, but every time I was in my parents' backyard and I saw a monarch butterfly, I'm just like, sugar baby. <laughs> so actually, on that note, so uh, so so we know the little the, we now know that the guitar riff was very liberally borrowed from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Listen to the rest of the song and see if any other instrumental part stands out as interesting. Because to me, not really. Okay. Sir, a some kind of hidden essence to show me life is precious, and I guess it's true. But to tell the truth, I really never knew till I met this guy. I was lost in the No, but his so. The vocalist has got these two uh, star tattoos on each of his shoulders. They just started glowing and then flew off him. Now the whole music. Like, by the way, we're watching the music video while we're doing this. It's like in this like psychedelic garden. I guess the band's performing. There's some nymphy little girls kind of hanging around. And yeah, he just stands up. Oh, by the way, so there's the two rappers, uh, one wearing a t-shirt and one shirtless. He's always shirtless. But he's ripped, and so I almost feel like he went to the director and was like, listen, I've been working really hard on my body. I got these six six-pack, so I was wondering if I could do shirtless because I've invested a lot in this, and this music video is probably going to be the only music video we do that gets any kind of traffic, so it'd be great if I could just be shirtless. I mean, I would do the uh, same thing. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, you get those cool glow effects on you. I mean, oh, that sweet '90s CGI <laughs> of stars. Hang on. He's standing up. He's extending his arms outward like he's Christ on the cross. And then these two tattoos fly off his shoulders like butterflies. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he got like consent for that. Like, she seems cool with it, but you know, it's it's 2017, people. Yeah. <laughs> May I shove my fingers in your mouth? Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, that's funny, right? Like, what does that do for? <sighs> it's just a funny thing to ask. Things are hot and heavy, like yo, girl. I'm just gonna <laughs> shove my hand in your mouth. Right? <laughs> is that all right? Is that cool with you? Cool I wonder you? if that was the director of the band's. Like, listen, it just feels really right in the moment. I just want to shove my thumb in her mouth. Have you? Uh... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Shoving fingers in people's mouths is fine. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a B minus. <laughs> it's okay. Uh Let's just let's get back. Let's just get back into. You're my butterfly. Interview standing out in the crowd. So come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady. There are a lot of nifty ladies this morning. You make me go crazy. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, you're my pretty baby. I'll make your legs shake. You make me go crazy. Hey, sugar mama, come and dance with me. The smartest thing you ever did was take a chance with me. Whatever because you fancy Girls, me and you like Sid and Nancy So me, sexy, you, Sid and Nancy? Talk about butterflies Is that what he said? I think those were the lyrics 
whatever something you fancy girls we knew like Sid and Nancy. You know, let me see if I can. Is it is he discussing a per, per potential orgy or? Uh... Well, no, the actual lyrics are. Um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sugar mama, come and dance with me. The smartest thing you ever did was take a chance to me. Whatever tickles your fancy, girl, it's me and you, like Sid and Nancy. Who the hell are Sid and Nancy? Oh wait, uh, Sid Vicious. Oh. What was his wasn't his girlfriend named Nancy? But didn't Sid Vicious like murder his girlfriend? Well, then it goes so sexy, almost evil. Uh maybe. I mean Yeah, so sexy, almost evil. I would say murder is pretty evil. So so girl, it's me and you, like Sid and Nancy, because you're so sexy. Wait, oh. Or is he so sexy, he's almost evil. Oh, you, you think the song is not about pretty girls, about how sexy the vocalists are? <laughs> I mean, the one guy, uh, what's his name? Shifty Shellshock is shirtless the whole time. <laughs> I just felt it's, it's a good tongue twister because I really want to say shitty Shellshock. Shitty, sh- shitty. I mean, I feel like all Shellshock when you come from war is pretty shitty. Hold, hold your tongue and say shifty Shellshock. Hold, hold your tongue and say shifty Shellshock. Sh- Sorry, that was a lateral lisp. Th- th- oh, th- literally th- hold your tongue. Th- 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 Sissy Salsa. Oh, you're pretty good at that. It's like when you say pirate ship, but it sounds like pile of shit when you do it. <laughs> you remember a lot from middle school. Oh, dude. But see, the other guy's name is Epic. Like, the guy who was rapping that we just heard, his name was Epic. Like, it's Epic and Shifty Shellshock. You know, Epic just wanted to keep things simple, man. I, yeah, I, I appreciate Epic. <laughs> I, I love the irony of Epic keeping things simple. <laughs> There, that's quite a bit of irony there. Yeah. It's like they have a team meeting. They're, they're in different rehab centers writing letters to each other. And he says, like, you know, I think Epic is a good name. You know, I want to, like, butt myself up and, like, keep it short and sweet. What's yours? Shifty Shellshock! <laughs> yo, he, he wrote it all in caps. <laughs> he got that letter. He's like, yo, we should be crazy town. <laughs> to which he replied, ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> How many butterflies do you think were killed in this video? <laughs> yeah, so in the video, there are a lot of butterflies flying around. At one point, I did notice there's a butterfly on the edge of the, uh, I think, the bass player at the very end. I don't think it's a real butterfly, though. So I don't, I don't know how much of this is bad CGI and how much of it is just dead butterflies. <laughs> Peter's gonna be all up in arms, man. <laughs> oh god. I'm sorry. Every, uh, the, the, everyone in the band, especially the two uh, frontmen, aka like rappers, vocalists, they just look like such fuckboys. Oh, like it, it's 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 2000. It's it's uh, it's tattoos. It's uh, gelled hair. It's bleached. It's. Ugh. He's got a little star necklace. Yeah, a little star necklace. It's a man of titanium, maybe. Yeah. Or old metal. Well, probably later on in their career, plastic. But titanium at this point in their lives. <laughs> this is... I'm trying to look at the lyrics here. We got... 
I mean, so, so much of it is just you filled that empty space with, with the love, the love I... I used to chase, dude. Um, so did, I didn't realize he was into uh, hetero anal foreplay. You know. <laughs> oh, you think that's what the empty space? <laughs> you filled that empty space with the love I used to chase. See, I was once again assuming best intention and assuming that had to do with like his heart. Like, there, like I am looking for the right person, and there's a hole in my heart, and you're filling it. You think it's more like. He was looking for a girl who was okay with like a strap on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, this man's all about. <laughs> now, Mike, my mind wouldn't have gone there. Do you want to explain why your mind went there? Is there is there yeah. any is there any empty space that you need filling? Hey, I'm just saying, man. Sometimes it's true love where you're like, you know what? You can try filling that space. <laughs> if she's not hitting your prostate. It's not love. It's- Nothing says love like a good prostate rubbing neck. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I think Gandhi said that originally. That's why he had to go on a hunger strike. Is that (laughs) no? no. Clear that up. (laughs) I want it to be squeaky clean. (laughs) That's what the hunger strikes were all about. Had nothing to do with what he was standing up for, Nick. He just wanted a clean colon. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. Listen, Mike. I just ate. I just ate a Chipotle. I'm gonna do some civil disobedience in the bathroom. I'll I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call it from now on. Civil disobedience. I need to go do some civil disobedience. I didn't realize the links that the song "Butterfly" by the band Crazy Town had to uh, Gandhi. Ooh, we got a nice shirtless shot. Every shot shirtless. Yeah, literally. <laughs> You're right. Why am I picking this one shot out individually? That woman's an actual butterfly. Well, she's got wings. She's a real person. Just let the listeners know. She's a real person. She's got butterfly wings. And dreadlocks. I still think these guys may have had an infatuation with butterflies. Yeah, so... He's making out with butterflies, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The thing that annoys me as an English major is, like, they have the theme butterfly, but they don't really run with it very much. They just say, you're my butterfly. And the music video has got butterflies all over it. But the song itself is more just, like, generic about looking for the right girl. A, or, or as they put it, such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. Fierce nipple pierce, she got me sprung with your tongue ring. So they're looking for a specific kind of, I think, alternative girl. I would have loved, like, a nectar pun for, like, you know, ejaculate or something, you know? Stick your proboscis <laughs> in my nectar hole. I used to... I. <laughs> I think it's the, called the proboscis. I think that's what... Uh, Is that the, the big old nose? Yeah, it's, it's the thing they stick down into um, flowers to get the pollen out. And this man needs... Uh... Okay, let, let me just say this. If Crazy Town had found a way to find a word that rhymes with proboscis, they would have deserved all the success that they got. Oh, oh, oh. What? Oh. I got a lengthy proboscis. You neck a hole. Is always lusting after this. No, lust this. Well, lust this. Must lust this. You must lust this. You must lust you this. Must lust this. It's <laughs> really <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> you, you must <laughs> lust this for my proboscis. For your neck a hole is the only thing I. You ever try that at a bar? See if that line works. 
Uh, oh man, every line I've tried at the bars is terrible. I... <laughs> give me, give me one example. All right, so this one time I walked up to this girl, right? Was she a butterfly? Uh, you know what? Well, in all intents and purposes, I suppose. And by that I mean fierce nipple pierce. You got me sprung with your tongue ring. Uh, you know, I didn't notice a tongue ring, so maybe she was but just. Possible. She's more caterpillar than uh, butterfly. <laughs> You're my caterpillar, sugar <laughs> baby. You're slow, and you keep low to the ground. <laughs> So, that's how I like my ladies. Slow and low to the ground. <laughs> and with my, in any case, I walk up to this girl. And I'm like, hey, yo, what's, I'm Mike Russell. What's your name? And she's like, Julie. And I'm like, oh, Julie, cool. Hey, do you spell that with a Y or an I-E? Because, you know, I think it's so clever to ask girls how they spell their name. <laughs> Mike has a book on pickup lines, by the way, if you want to learn some hot tips. Unfortunately, this doesn't. It's coming out soon, though, I promise. Can't wait. (laughs) So, uh, the unfortunate part this line does not work with Julie, Nick, uh, if you haven't already figured it out. It would be July. She literally, and she goes, uh, IE, yeah, because it's July. And she's like, (laughs) so the way she worded it, Nick, she goes, uh, IE, because it was Y that would spell July. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, oh, I laughed so hard, Nick. I was like, oh, you're so right. It does smell July. I'm okay. Uh, I wish I could have been there. I'm going to have a daughter. Yeah. And I'm going to name her Julie. Um, but how are you going to spell it? With a Y. <laughs> so like her kindergarten teacher's like, okay, where's July? July? Hello, July? And then your daughter's like, well... My name's Julie, but it's spelled J-U-L-Y. I'm Julie. And all the kids laugh at her, Mike. (laughs) All the kids laugh at her. Hey, I have other kid names that could be worse. No, I don't need to get into it. (laughs) Like Probuscus. (laughs) Probuscus. All right, so you just heard the song Butterfly. Hope it uh, rang some bells for you. Now, this band is almost by every definition a one-hit wonder. Uh, so this song came out, uh, 1999 album, released as a single in 2001, I believe. Uh, but you may be wondering what happened after that. So uh, Crazy Town in 2000 went were part of OzFest, actually. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Now, here's the tricky thing. So most of their stuff is grungy rap rock, but then their one song they're known for is Butterfly, which is a little bit groovier you know, a little bit less abrasive. Mm -hmm. But they were put up with bands like uh, Black Sabbath, Marilyn Manson, and Slipknot. And then you got these guys. And apparently uh, they were called the Butterfly Boys. They were taunted while they were playing. That's that's what they get. (laughs) You got to stick to your genre, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. They they were also called, uh, like, the new Sugar Ray. In other words, just having one song that is so different from the rest of the album that's, like, the obvious radio-friendly song. Uh, But then they were also kicked out of OzFest. Apparently, I think it was uh, Shifty Shell Shock threw a chair through a window at some point in either a drunken or drugged-out craze. And oh. after two weeks, uh, they were kicked out of OzFest. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. 
was it two weeks into it, he threw the chair, or he threw the chair, and then two weeks later, they're like, uh, you should go. No, I, th- I think so. I just so, want to make sure I'm hearing you right. Keep on, I'm, I'm pulling this from Wikipedia. I, I tried to I check. I am th- such a POS over here. Just no, 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 <laughs> hey, no. Nick, no t- listen, tell me more. Hey, listen, this, this I hope po- you. <laughs> this podcast is all about getting to the truth of what actually happened. And by that, we're going to Wikipedia. Uh, no, I did try to check the sources. Uh, apparently... They were forced to withdraw after two weeks when uh, Bisner, a.k.a. Shellshock, was arrested after he threw a chair through a window while he was drunk. Now... So, oh, so, okay, so they're two weeks in. Yes. Doing their thing. Yes. And then Sh- Shifty has a little Shellshock episode and yes. flips he out. He has an episode and flips out. <laughs> so they get kicked out, which really, I think, kind of stung for them because this was like right when they were releasing their debut album, which sold very well. They're kicked out, a lot of exposure lost. Because then they released their next album called Dark Horse, which, so, their debut album sold incredibly well. 100,000 album sales, like right when it came out. Right, right. Yes. And then the song uh, Butterfly specifically exceeded sales of 1.5 million. That's huge, man. That is huge. Now, their second album, Dark Horse, sold about 13,000. It's. First week. They didn't do any promotion for it, apparently. Yeah. These guys are like the they're like the one percenters in the worst way you could be a one percenter. It's like <laughs> As in one percent of their songs were successful. <laughs> As in their second album had one percent the sales of their first album. Yes. Spawned some singles that didn't chart anywhere. And I feel so bad because I, I found an interview they did in two thousand and two where uh Seth quote unquote shifty Binzer said, We're not gonna be known for one song. <sighs> Oh, it's that's sad. That's sad, Nick. <laughs> I feel kind of, yeah, I feel kind of because really, from they're not so 2003, they release this album, and then they basically uh, break up after that because they, um, I don't know, they're under so much pressure from the record company that they're under to release the next follow up to Butterfly. But you know, Butterfly was just such a weird one off song that happened to become insanely successful. That's not what the rest of the song sound the rest of their songs sound like. So they're not able to replicate it. They're sick of the pressure. They break up. Boom. They go on hiatus. Two thousand four, two thousand seven, the crazy town is silent. That's what a silent crazy town sounds like, folks. But they're back. So Right. Is that is that a is that a not that was a spot on that was a spot on impression of one of their songs from their new album. So now when I said they were back, I meant that literally. They apparently announced their fans that they were coming out with a new album called Crazy Town is Back. They really invested in the creative team on that one, you know? They were like, yo guys. But here's the problem. They never released that. Crazy Town is Back never came out. It was it never materialized. Uh, but they stayed productive. In fact, uh, Shifty started getting several gigs in reality TV. Oh, you know, Shifty deserves... I mean, with his name, those tats. <laughs> what about the name Shifty deserves reality TV? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd say every part of it being that I don't, reality TV can be garbage. And <laughs> Shifty, man. Well, uh, Shifty. Shifty shell shock. I mean... Dude. <laughs> you say it like you're like, uh, like it's an action movie, and you're like like the damsel, like he's do Shifty Shellshock. When you gonna be back? <laughs> and then Shifty Shellshock's like, I don't know. I feel like I just need to be free. I need to fly like a butterfly. butterfly. Shifty Shellshock. <laughs> he's Shifty Shellshock. 
throw a chest through windows. Uh, this is also verbatim another Crazy Town song. Yeah, it's it's uh, really you know. <laughs> uh, it is not. <laughs> but anyway, oh, yeah, so, so he's on. So where, what was he on? What was he on? Uh, a lot of crack, apparently, which is which is awful. I mean, obviously, anyone you know anyone who's dealt with drug addiction knows it's awful. But I don't think Celebrity Rehab season one and two is the best way to go about it i just don't feel like it's the best environment because uh, especially way, just, if you're on two seasons uh yes it implies season one didn't work very well so shifty shell shock was on season one and two of celebrity rehab and apparently season one and two of a follow-up show called sober house which is like i think the greatest oxymoron ever <laughs> because nobody was sober yes because nobody was sober uh but yeah he apparently had a lot of uh episodes on mm-hmm. these actual episodes he had he had episodes within the episodes you're saying yeah well oh yeah here's the interesting part so uh so yeah binzer appeared in a follow-up show called sober house in 2008 Uh, while shooting scenes for the show binzer was insulted at a club and responded by walking out on production and embarking on a heavy relapse to the annoyance of dr drew the guy who was uh behind the show uh and several (laughs) of his housemates bless you Oh my oh, god! An episode, Nick. No, Hide all the chairs. No, don't relapse. Oh. Uh, so uh, he treated his relapse like a game and said everyone coded videos on his MySpace about his current location. So he was playing like a cat and mouse game. This is outside the production. Like this is just him dicking around. Oh my god! But eventually, uh, William Smith, an employee of Dr. Drew, sought out Binzer at a motel and brought him back to the rehab facility. An embarrassed Binzer, uh, Binzer, excuse me pledged to Smith and Dr. Drew that the binge he embarked on was his last. On the show's final episode, Binzer is shown in the preliminary stages of being signed to a record producer for a new song and resolved to stay sober. But... Sober House 2 came out! And, uh, he was back. Um, but, now this is actually pretty tragic. Apparently, uh... Binzer had a good friend and a former bandmate, Adam Goldstein, mm. who died two days previously before the show was filmed of an accidental overdose. And apparently that was what he needed to come clean. And also apparently uh, he was in a coma at one point in 2012. Adam or Shellshock? Uh, bin- bi- Shellshock, Binzer. Uh, he was admitted to a hospital after losing consciousness. He awakened from the coma and was later released from the hospital. But he vowed to clean his life up. And in 2015 came out with the most recent uh, album by Crazy Town. And do you know what that album was called? What? The Brimstone Sluggers. No, he They went back didn't. to basics, and Brimstone Sluggers is the album. It just came out in 2015. Wow. And now they've been embarking on a tour to try to kind of... They, they even said themselves rebuild their fan base. So something of a happy ending, I think. The Brimstone Sluggers, dude. Yep. But no, so they're 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 back. They're touring. I saw that they had some shows in Europe, uh, and they're you know trying to recapture their career. I guess. I mean, by the way, I mentioned like Butterfly. Their main song had uh, fifty-two million views. Mm. Their next song that had uh, fifty uh, five hundred eighty-eight thousand uh, listens uh, came out on their newest album. So okay. their second most popular song is on their most recent album. So they are doing something right. So this, this arguably, arguably, arguably. But no, we we wish them the best. We I do. mean, so, the, 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 
they've been tr- they've been doing this since 1995, and they're still pursuing it. I think there's something to be said for that. So, Nick, yes, shall we? Yes, determine the cause of death of the song for the song butterfly. What if you were to give your Sontopsy report on butterfly? What, what would you say? I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was too much ether. <laughs> you know, they wanted to preserve this butterfly. And I almost feel like there is a metaphor you could make for this. Like, like a butterfly is something beautiful that is to be preserved, and you stick a pin in it. It's supposed to be admired, but nothing else comes out of it. That oh the- wow, I get what you're saying, dude. I get, I get what you mean. This butterfly, yeah, you know that you pin into your collection and you put up on the wall is dead. It's dead. But you still look at it and you're like, that's a pretty butterfly, right? Yeah. You, you admire just, it for what it was, just like we admire this for what it was back in 1999 to 2000. But it, it's still dead. <laughs> Nothing more is coming. That's it. Um, well, for me. Yes, what about you? You know, butterfly, re-listening to it after not hearing it for a while, uh, it's kind of like the, it's more like a migration uh, death. Okay. <laughs> This, this we have a bunch of monarchs flying south, flying, and they die. But, and they, they do, and they but you know, but they plant a bunch of eggs and shiz, and and then they those hatch and come back up north. Those hatch and come and hatch is beautiful new albums from 2015. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Also, um, the fact that this technically can't even be called a one-hit wonder since they only owned about 66% of the song. That's being very generous. <laughs> That's being super generous, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, that, it, it, it wasn't even a full song. That is maybe the harshest <laughs> thing you could have said. It's not even a real death because it only half died because they only wrote half the song. Losers, stupid brimstone sluggers, <laughs> freaking br- Satan on the pitcher's mound of the brimstone slugger. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't know. I think that about sums up this uh, song topsy. This song topsy report. Uh, yeah, I think we've discussed this in full. Uh, best of luck to our our. Shifty and epic men. Yes, yes, we wish them the best. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Uh, please subscribe, uh, leave us a review. Uh, it is incredibly helpful, especially when we're just getting started. Uh, and if you like what you hear, just listen to the next episode. That's actually probably the best thing you could do. And if you didn't like it, feel free to go ahead and troll me. That's great. Us in general. <laughs> oh no, we, we give you full permission to say whatever terrible things you want to us in reviews or on our social media. Just as long as you subscribe and leave a review, you can do whatever you want. That's all you gotta do. Alright, well thank you again very much for listening. I'm Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And we will see you next time. <laughs>